it happened to my boss. He went to dicks.com and it oh, wasn't the well, sporting oh, news story. Yeah, oops. Yeah, he got what he, he he was after though. He was after dicks. <laughs> yeah, one time one time I mistyped Metacritic and I put in Meat Critic. Oh no. Oh <laughs> no. no. I, I, I guess that was a ten. <laughs> Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. <laughs> Katie, the final girl. Pum! <laughs> and I'm Shaun of the Dead. This is fun fucking-tastic. <laughs> and this is The House That Screams. Tonight we are talking about the 2017 film One Cut of the Dead. And we have Erica Wright. Keep rolling. Don't stop filming. Love it. We have Crystal. Only drink the soft water or I get bad diarrhea. and we have dave german sorry i'm in my zone right now (laughs) (laughs) oh god co is so he's something yeah (laughs) so this was kind of my pick and so i guess i'll i'll start out um this movie kind of came onto my radar because it was a big deal on shutter Um, everybody was like buzzing about it. Like, oh my God, you got to see this movie. So I watched it and then I had the pleasure of watching it with Joe Bob because he did it a couple of seasons ago. Um, God, maybe it was season two. It was season season two. So it was a while ago, but, um, you know, everything's better with Joe Bob, but you know, I love Japanese horror, but this is like not really i mean it's it's so it's like meta it's a comedy it's a it's a zombie comedy from japan and it's like those words strung together make the most beautiful (laughs) sentence it's like three movies in one you get and and one of my favorite stories that i read about it is a lot of people because like you watch the first sequence and the first third of the movie and it shows like the whole thing, like, okay, because they have to shoot this thing in one cut because it's for this new zombie channel in Japan, because of course Japan would have some weird shit like a zombie channel. <laughs> or and, um, you know, they have to like just do one cut. They can't just one camera, no cutaways, just do it for 30 minutes. And at the end of that little sequence, you know, we see the whole how it goes. And there's some interesting things that happen. You're kind of like, why are they doing that? Why they pause? What's going on? You mm-hmm. know, and then these credits roll. And I guess a lot of people during the uh, initial like screening of it left <laughs> during that part because <laughs> these credits roll for a good couple of minutes. Like, and you're like, okay, I guess it's a short film. But then we get to like 
another part, which is like all these different angles of how this came to be. And the characters are so enjoyable and likable, even when they're unlikable. And I, of course, love now. I, I just I think she's amazing. She's kind of annoying, but like <laughs> in the best way, because, you know, she's the mom and, and the daughter wants to be a director like the dad. And, you know, the dad's kind of like a hack director or whatever. But, you know, the mom, you know, she's her kids grown up. And she's run out of hobbies. So she's doing like these like self-defense things with, you know, the whole palm movements and, and all that. <laughs> That's the and, key. And, huh? Palm's the key. Yeah. You got to say palm, the palm slide. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and then her daughter's like, well, why don't you act anymore? And she's just like, well, you know, I can't do that. And then, you know, later <laughs> on, you know, her husband's like, yeah, we can't let your mom act because she just goes crazy. She just, she gets lost in the role and it gets really embarrassing and we can't, we can't ever repeat it that. <laughs> and then through a, a bunch of mishaps and then having to pull this one shot off, you know, of course the director ends up having to play the director in the film. And then, you know, now the wife, she ends up having a part in it. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of cute. So I don't know. I'm just rambling, but I really, I really enjoy like the whole narrative of, of, this this like story that they're telling that we get these three different points of view of like this overall great thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I was with you when I saw this for the first time and went into this completely blind, having not ever heard of it. Um, and, you know, I love foreign films. I love Japanese films. Um, and so this was interesting going into it, you know, a zombie comedy horror. Um, and I was, I, I'm guilty of the thinking it was over when those, those first credit roll credits roll, <laughs> because I remember it happened. And I'm, I remember looking at, at you candy and I was just like, that's it. Like what, wh what's going on here? And then it, you know, it proceeds to, you know, the next uh, chapter in the film. And it's cool because it's like you said, it's meta, it's movie within a movie within a movie. And, you know, you get the behind the scenes, you get the, you know, how they filmed it. It makes all of those awkward, <laughs> like, moments, those pauses make sense, you know, because the, you see the things happening behind the scenes. And then you're like, that's why they just focused on her screaming for five minutes, you know? <laughs> and, and so it, it kind of, and, and so then I laugh about that. And it's just, but the film itself too was very endearing. Like, you know, it had this, this really awesome like wraparound story the characters were likable you know you had the the guy who can't quit drinking and he's getting the shakes and he finds the the bottle of sake and gets super drunk and you know keeps passing out and the dude the scene the scene where the the director is like under the camera holding the the drunk guy up and making him like a mannequin and, and it and so it makes sense as to why his he looked the way he did in that first 30 minutes mm -hmm. you know flailing all over the place and you know the funniest part to me was the scene with um the uh uh younger kid with the glasses i don't remember a lot of their names but but when he first encounters him and the guy pukes on his face yeah when you yeah. when you when you see that in the initial 
film that that initial 25 30 minutes you're just thinking that's just part of the zombie shtick like you know they mm-hmm. they spit they puke whatever but you realize like when you get to the behind the scenes part that that was him puking because he was wasted yeah and that the kids really genuinely freaking out because he just got puked on and it's and don't even get me started about the guy with diarrhea because that yeah, <laughs> To to be the makeup artist that's forced to have to put somebody's makeup on while, while the actors like in the, bushes. in the midst of shitting like yeah that was this this film I had a lot of fun watching this film we've watched it multiple times uh, since it came out mostly on Joe Bob um, because Joe Bob as we said makes everything better but yeah great great film very endearing did Joe Bob like it. Oh, yeah. 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 And the, the the awesome thing about it, and, you know, I will say this to anybody who's listening who hasn't watched the Joe Bob thing, watched it on Joe Bob, go, go check it out. It's worth it. It's it's a little extra. You get all of his, you know, usual antics. Um, maybe if you're not interested, skip the first 20 or 30 minutes because he goes into, like, all kinds of like and weird Russian stuff, political, you know, stuff. It's interesting to me, but you know, to most people it wouldn't be, but at the very I end of it, tangents. at the very end of it, after the film, he goes on this, this rant about, you know, directors and being, you know, I don't want to use the term aspiring director because he puts the kibosh to that. But for anyone who's interested in film, um, because this film was, a very low budget film. $45,000. And mm-hmm. and made a thousand times that. It, I think it grossed what 25 million, 30 million? <laughs> yes. And, which is huge for Japan. This is I mean that's those are huge numbers for a Japanese huge numbers film. numbers for anybody making a student film cuz this is a student film. Right. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean it's uh, he he Joe Bob does a whole thing at the end where he talks about like people who want to get into film, who are scared, who are nervous, who think that they can't, um, they can't afford film school, fuck film school. That's what he says. Um, you know, so people like Nico, who is in the midst of, of getting his first film uh, put together, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot of encouraging words. Mm-hmm. So who would like to go next? Uh, sure. Um, so yeah, I didn't know anything about this movie, never heard of it before Joe Bob covered it on the second season of The Last Drive-In. And even then I didn't get to watch it all the way through because it was the second feature. And like, for me, that's kind of late. So I usually watch part of the second feature and then pass out is kind of. We do that sometimes. Yeah, we're the same. And and then, uh, you know, catch up on the rest of it later. So, um, since initially I only saw that you know, the first like 37 minutes or so, I thought, well, this is, I'm not sure why this is so highly rated. Like it's good for a, you know, student film. It's ambitious to do that one cut approach, but there were all of these kind of glaring flaws with it that I thought were just accidental, like the product of just being a, you know, student film and people weren't experienced or whatever. And then when you get into the second half, where they have the reveal of how everything came together. That is like the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> and um, I, I got one of my best friends to, to watch that with me last night, uh, you know, with the Joe Bob 
the you know commentary as well but my friend's usually super reserved and just doesn't um and he's not one to like laugh out loud at stuff even if he finds it really funny but with this he was almost crying laughing when they they got to the third act where they got the the reveal of all the things going wrong behind the scenes it explains kind of the oddities you saw in the first uh or amateurish moments you see in the first 37 minutes so yeah this is this is just such a fun movie um and like so i don't know so relatable with um Oh, like with what I know about Andre's, my friend Andre Iskanov's filmmaking process, he's never had to do any kind of live, uh, you know, production or, you know, really long, you know, extended takes like that. And still a ton of shit goes wrong. You know, just in that <laughs> and oh, yeah, yeah, like have a limited amount of time to, uh, you know, make a last minute change of the script or just do something different than what was planned. So I don't know, that was just kind of a cool uh, yeah, it was cool to see how they they handle things in the moment to solve these bizarre problems that come up. Absolutely, yeah, it is. It is literally a laugh out loud kind of movie, especially yeah when you get to the second and especially the third part when you see like because the second part you get that whole like you know here's how it came about and here's his relationship with his wife and here's his relationship with his daughter who doesn't respect him and blah 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 and then. It's just fucking hilarious. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is what happened. Okay. I like that. Um, Dave and Crystal. Um, so for me, okay, Dave and I started dating during the middle of the Panini. And <clears throat> he um, had told me, he's like, oh, there's this, this great uh, Japanese horror film I want to watch with you. And I was like, okay, great. Love J-horror, love K-horror, my sister obsessed with both so i've seen a lot so we started this and i was like i haven't seen this okay and we watched it and i was like oh that's really really good i was you know confused at the first part and just in awe that they filmed this the first like 37 minutes straight i'm like everybody you know did great and there were some things like you're like why is that like that or why is this like that and you get those answers so this movie pays off in in spades about multiple things but with my quote with the poor soft water man um, <laughs> true story same i am the same uh you see him but you see him like when they're when they're in the, the first 37 minutes like you see him sit down and he's away from everybody but you can't tell what's going on you see him sweating but you know mm-hmm. you're kind of wondering like okay dude are you just bailing on these people uh and it's just so funny and i that poor girl doing his makeup <laughs> later on <laughs> yeah. like and he's uh, like crying yes i kind of yes, equate her having to do that makeup in the way she feels with him having diarrhea as she's putting the makeup on as if i were ever around quentin tarantino and having to do anything to feet just no no. that's a good analogy (laughs) um but one of the things that kept sticking out to me and we watched this lot rewatched it last night but one of the things that kept sticking out to me and i kept telling dave i'm like man captain stag must be a huge fucking deal over in Japan because they have all these chairs everywhere that say Captain Stag on it. And it's just like dicks would be here or um, 
Bass Pro Shop or whatever. It's just their their largest like hunting store, gaming store, or whatever. So mm-hmm. now I have Captain Stag pulled up on my my phone to order chairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but careful when you go to CaptainStag.com, you might go to a different website yeah it happened to my boss he went to dicks.com and it oh, wasn't the well, sporting no, goods store yeah, oops yeah he got what he, he he was after though he was after dicks <laughs> yeah one time one time i mistyped metacritic and i put in meat critic oh no oh no <laughs> oh, I, I, I guess that was a 10 meat critic <laughs> not cuts of beef either I, 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 I'm embarrassed to admit that, like, like Crystal said, I wanted to see. I'd read something. I had no idea about the plot, except it was sounded something a little bit like um, children shouldn't play with dead things, like a film crew goes to this remote location to make a horror film, and the director actually summons the dead to, to try to make the film. So I thought, okay, that sounds interesting. And, like, the first I, – I wasn't in on the joke at all. I didn't know what the movie was about, and I was really disappointed in the first 30 minutes. Like, really, I got to do watch this for another – hour after this but once you've realized the joke and once you're once the movie lets you in on the joke it's just a delightful <laughs> film and, and also something i didn't expect um at the end with the feels you get with the father and the daughter relationship sort of yes. uh she when she when she shows him that picture and it all kind of comes full circle you get i got a little welled up there it was, yeah. it was very sweet it's a movie that, that it, it takes you into its embrace and lets you in on the joke and uh, you become part of the fun with it. I, I really enjoyed. It. It's a movie that definitely you have to watch cold. You can't read anything about it. Um, oh, it would ruin this surprise. This is a movie you want to watch. Like Erica said, you want to watch it with someone who hasn't seen it before to watch their reaction to it. Yeah, you watch yeah. them sort of the, those the first thirty-seven minutes. You think, oh god, this is just a goofy, low-budget horror film, and then it becomes something totally different. And, and I'm always, I'm always happy to be surprised. Yeah, it definitely has a lot of heart. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, wasn't, I, and I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that at all. I wasn't Me neither. Yeah, in fact, like with the first thirty-seven minutes, like the way the director behaves, I thought it was going to be. I mean, not that I don't enjoy this trope, but like the whole trope of a director who's so focused on his vision that he deliberately puts his cast and crew in harm's way mm-hmm. so he can make his masterpiece. Like I, I thought, oh, and it's like meta as well, where it starts. You know, it's like a film within a film. So I thought it was going to be, this is an obscure reference, like this Finnish film called Skeleton Crew from 2009, which is not a very good film, but it's a fun film. Um, but that that one, like the the director gets so obsessed with the true crime subject matter that he's filming. He basically wants to make his own snuff films with the actors he hired to make a, a fictionalized version of the events oh wow and, but it becomes very uh like bizarre and, and meta where all the characters realize they're actually just characters in a movie and they have to fast forward to the end to find out what happens to them and it just turns mm-hmm. full bonkers i don't know but i thought it, it was going to go kind of interesting yeah. yeah i thought it was going to go more that kind of meta direction though so when they reveal that it's like they have the backstory it's like well this director actually seems like a really nice person and he's sympathetic so it's like well that's you know that that kind of undermined my expectations for what was going to happen yeah i love the look on his face in the second third the second part of the film where they tell him they want to do it live and he's like yeah. what <laughs> <laughs> what 
That's a, that was a that was a cute bit too. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny too because you see that you know in the in that first thirty minutes, especially like that beginning scene when he gets in that actress's face and he's like <laughs> screaming at her and he's like, "I want to see the face of fear," you know, and he's he's yelling at yeah. her. Well, also so, my favorite part where he slaps the shit out of Co. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you've been smelling off, you know, you know that he wanted to do that forever. And he's like, yeah. I'm a yeah. character though. And right. he's like, who right. didn't want to slap that son of a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> right. He was a diva. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was doing art and everyone was in his way. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think it's cool though, because it's like, you know, you think about the idea of like, okay, we have to, we have to do this film. And it's one cut and it's live. And so you, any little mishaps, you have to try to fix it on the fly. Mm -hmm. And so you see them scrambling all over the place. I couldn't imagine being like one of the special effects people on this. And like, like I would, I would be gasping for air. Like, (laughs) I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I'm like an unfit person, but just to like to have to like run over, throw the fucking severed arm in the door, run back, mm-hmm. close the door, wait five seconds, open it back up, pull this guy out, put makeup on him real quick, get over here with this tube and spit blood. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just like watching them scramble around. It's like Jesus Christ! I'd be pulling my hair out. And you know, I like I kind of equate that to like running a code. Um, because your adrenaline kicks in. And so you're doing all this stuff, you're, you know, running all over the place, starting IVs, pushing meds, whatever. And so for me, I guess, because they were live, that you've got all this adrenaline pumping like, and that person, that poor girl, she was like, every fucking thing that could go wrong <laughs> is fucking going wrong. wrong. Yeah. I'm burning all of y'all motherfuckers at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> she was over it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, some of the funnier moments. I love, you know, when now got, you know, um, his wife, the director's wife got like really invested in the character. Like they were like, he's like, she gets way too involved. We can't do this. And she's mm-hmm. like, I'm calm. I'm dead. I'm calm. dead. Like, calm. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah. shit. And then the part where he has to like, like put her in a fucking sleeper hole, <laughs> like a chokehold. That made me laugh. Like, and he's like, "I oh. love you. I'm sorry." And and then and then she finally, and she gets back up at one point, and he's like, pulls her back down. Yeah, which oh and that was another one of those things where it was like it happened in the film where she she gets the axe to the head, and then all of a sudden she stands up, and they scream at each other, and she passes back out and you're just like what the hell what the fuck was that but then when you but then when they show the filming of it it all it all comes together yeah. it all makes sense yeah. and it I makes it that much like, more I had to funny take her out i had to take her out yeah <laughs> yeah i like the little like the blood drops that were on the camera and they're following them and you have somebody wiping off the camera yeah. Yeah. which is which if you read in the trivia that that's actually real like that 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 part where he has to wipe the blood off the camera was actually real footage from the filming of the of the actual film that they ended up leaving in. Oh, and I was going to say something. Um, you know, you're talking about being physically fit. Remember the cam- the main camera guy? He's like, oh, this is going to be hell on my back. And then, you know, his assistant's like, no, we should do this zoom in and we should do. No, shut up. You're fucking stupid. 
But then his back goes out and she <laughs> picks like, up the camera and, and she's she got it. Doing it. And she, <laughs> and she starts and like, doing oh, this that's zoom. So cool. And then <laughs> so she ends up taking over. I think there's a lot of female empowerment in this movie. Yeah. And I really like to see that. Um, you know, it, it kind of made the men look kind of dumb and the women ended up kind of coming through like his daughter is telling everybody to shut the fuck up. She's got this. And yeah. and then comes up with the idea because they break the jib on accident for the crane shot, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for that final reveal. And they're all in that pyramid because <laughs> she gets the idea. And I'm like, that's beautiful. Like, you know, the women fucking save the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that pyramid at the end was sort of a, a, a sort of it was like physically the culmination of the film, but also metaphorically they all have to come together. And it was it was really a, I I had more um, emotions uh, watching the end of this movie than I really expected. Yeah, me too. Which again, I'm always delighted to be surprised by a film, you know, because I mean I've seen a lot of horror movies. I've seen a lot of movies, and you think, oh, I've seen it all. Come on, you can't surprise me. Every now and then, a movie comes along that does surprise, like genuinely surprises you, and it's 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 just it's It's so amazing. And then you wish you could go back and watch it again for the first time. For the first time, yeah. Yeah. You want to do the internal sunshine of the spotless mind uh, thing to yourself Mm -hmm. and go back and watch it again. Yeah. Yeah, I was, you know, you talk, you talk about, about scenes with, with now. Cause I mean, honestly, like in my opinion, she, she stole the show for this film. stole the fucking movie. (laughs) And, and this scene where she's, where she's chasing, uh, the girl with the ax and the two, everybody's trying to, everybody's trying to stop her, including her (laughs) husband. And yeah. she's like, she's do- throwing these flying kicks at every single one of them. Oh my god, that is so amazing! When she, they're all coming at her, and she's just like, yeah. "I'm gonna fucking kill everyone!" And she's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> she's going crazy because she just it takes over, and she is in that she's role 110. percent A method actress. Yeah, it's so funny. Her just taking the shit out of everyone. Yeah, and then she's Daniel doing Day Lewis like, constantly, Jackson. like getting out of everybody. <laughs> grasp like palm 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 you can hear in the background during the first 37 minutes you can hear it but you're like hmm and then you see what what happened you're like oh my god they were trying to get her to fucking stop yeah (laughs) crystal did you did you say he was the dan she was the daniel day lewis Yes, Daniel Day Lewis and yes. Japanese actresses. Yeah, I've yes. heard some very funny things about Daniel Day Lewis. They say on set, you know, don't even talk to him. No, he stays right. in whatever his character is. And, it, yeah. and he, he almost pres- got pneumonia during Gangs of New York because he said, in the because he wouldn't wear a coat. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, they didn't have coats like that back then. I'm like, are you fucking stupid? And then yeah. like, Lawrence, Sir Lawrence Olivier said, why don't you try acting, dear boy? Why don't you try acting? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because on my left leg, like he wound up developing like the disassociative like body part mental disorder where he was actually like no this leg needs to be chopped off (laughs) somebody was like yeah and he had people feeding him because he could only he would only use his left foot to get around this one of my mom's favorite movies but because i know the background of it i just can't stand that movie i'm like yeah you are not disabled and you had people taking care Mm. of you like you were like you fucking right I mean, he's a great actor, but like, there's a limit. Again, why don't you try acting, my dear boy? <laughs> I, I loved when uh, uh, is Shinatsu is that how you pronounce her name? Sure, it is now. It when is she, now. When <laughs> she <laughs> finds the axe and she goes, "Oh, an axe! Lucky me! Lucky me! Lucky yeah. me. <laughs> like, when you see, see that it. zombie walk in, 
Right. And you just None see the legs. They're holding that sign like, you're going to find an axe outside, okay? Right, just make it work. And she, oh, lucky me. <laughs> lucky me. <laughs> Which is hilarious. On the fly. Yeah, because when that zombie walked up and it was legs, and I'm like, whose fucking legs are these? Like, we got another zombie? Like, who is <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was trying to figure it out, too. The first time I saw it, I'm like, who the fuck? doesn't have pants on or some booty shorts on as his legs out <laughs> some zombie that doesn't see her apparently but even though she was like oh, oh my god oh, oh my god you know like doing her little cute japanese girl thing right. <laughs> yeah did you want it did you want to go into the concept of the idol okay oh, yeah. <laughs> um uh, erica did you want to no, no, you you go ahead, Candy. That's just yeah, that's a good topic to. Well, to my go brother with. educated me on it because he's lived in Japan for fifteen years, and before that, he was, you know, what's now considered a weeaboo. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what a weeaboo is, it's it's an American person who's obsessed with Japanese culture. That's so, my sister. <laughs> yeah, so my brother actually lives in Japan, and and um, he explained the whole idol concept to me, and you know, it's usually these young girls and. Um, they have to stay very innocent, very virginal. They're not allowed to have boyfriends, um, especially in public. They, it's usually a very short career. Um, and they only do cutesy things, like very innocent, very cutesy things. And then once they get to a certain age, they have to retire, which is usually around 20 or 18. They they retire. And right. um, his favorite was Namie Amuro, Amuro. And she had the longest idol career because she went well into like almost her thirties and it was unheard of, but she still, but she stayed youthful looking, but she did get married. And so that kind of broke the code, but it's still kind of in place. Like these idols, you know, that's why she was saying, you know, in the second part, like, well, my managers won't let vomit be on me and we can't have a lot of blood on me because, you know, I was an idol and then, you know, people, you know, they, they expect certain things out of me. And, that gets all fucking destroyed. She's covered in blood. She actually is stuck in her hair. And, you know, so it's kind of funny because a lot of these idols, once their idol career is over, they have trouble, you know, like I want to be considered a serious actress. And if you've ever seen like Perfect Blue, which Joe Bob showed oh. last season, um, mm-hmm. it's an anime, but it's really, really good um, movie. Um, you know, it, it's the same kind of thing. She was an idol and now she wants to have this serious acting career, but nobody was taking her seriously. So it's sort of that. And it's, it's a weird Japanese culture can be really strange. And I think that this, you know, in, infanta, infanta, infantilizing. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Of, of, sure. Of women, um, yeah, I think it's infantilizing. I'm picturing the word, but I'm not saying it right, maybe. But infantilizing saying- of women and, you know, to keep them as girls um, and to keep them innocent and pure looking, you know, and seeming that way, like something something in their culture needs that. And I don't understand it because we're, we live in a completely different culture. And it's, you know, I ask my brother these questions all the time. I'm like, so can you explain to me, like, what the fuck? Why is it like what this? What the fuck? <laughs> like, why is it like this? He's like, it's been like this for a long time. But Japanese culture in general, we find fascinating. Crystal and I, Crystal and I, just a few weeks ago, found ourselves going down a rabbit hole of watching Japanese vending machine videos. Just yeah, they're, they're, they're strange. Just, just there's just so many interesting things about their culture that are so removed from what we experience. It, it's the dumbest things, but you wind up going down <laughs> these rabbit holes because it's so fascinating. Because it's well, so this, different. I have a theory about 
Japanese culture. One, they're a very formal culture. My mom just got back from visiting my brother in Tokyo and my brother and his husband. And it's um Is his husband more acceptable to be yeah. gay in Tokyo, but it's still not super acceptable. Is is your brother's husband Japanese? Yeah, oh, he's, he's, a, a, oh, okay. he's an architect in, in Tokyo. He's been all over the world. Um rich guy. Nathan likes older rich men. So <laughs> good days, I guess. Yeah. But um you know, um, I think because there's such a formal culture, you know, what happens is like an equal and opposite re reaction at times where we get some of these weird things like, like, think about like Takashi Miike, like, yeah. you know, you can audition in Ishii the Killer in any of his Yakuza films, and they're really extreme, or there's the, the special effects artist who did, you know, the famous shunting scene um, of, of many things that he's done in his career, because uh, he's effects guy, Screaming Mad George. I mean, and it's just the sickest, most depraved shit. You got Junji Ito, who does yes. all this crazy art. So it's like, I think that there are people who rebel against the formality and the very properness of Japanese culture, you know, because it's so repressive. There is no such thing as feminism in Japan. That's why I'm surprised that all the women in this film, so maybe it's showing some growth, but the women in this film are all the strength. And I love that about this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah, film can yeah, film can do that. It can they can rebel against their, the 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 constrictions of society through making a film, which is what you know, I think what film filmmaking does. It allows you to do things you know in real life that wouldn't quite work out. I've always I've always been fascinated with uh, Monty Python. I've been a big Monty Python fan mm -hmm. my whole life, and the reason my I think that that humor tickles Americans because I think Monty Python might even, is probably more popular in the U.S. than it is in Britain. Yeah, and I think because. The thing about British society, and I think some of it carries over to Japanese, one of their biggest fears is being embarrassed in public, like being mm -hmm. made to look silly in public. And so every all the best Monty Python sketch, sketches start with a perfectly simple premise, a guy at a cheese shop, a guy at a pet store, and it just gets more and more ridiculous. But the guy, the main character has to remain completely stoic, like this is completely normal, nothing weird going on. He's in a cheese shop that has no cheese. He just keeps asking for different types of cheese. I think that, that that's the British sense of humor is what they, they hate to be made to look silly in public. So that that's why that. And I think it tickles us as Americans because we don't quite have that same hang up. So it's just ridiculous over the top. And I think it's the same thing with Japanese culture. Why so we find some of it so fascinating because it's nothing that we really relate to. And it's interesting to watch other people go through that. Yeah. I mean, my brother was explaining to me the concept of office flowers. And women are not really expected to work. If you do get a job, it's in an office. You're decorative. You don't. It's, it, you don't really have much responsibility. And I mean, there are a few women who do have some power and some careers, but most of the time, you're an office flower. You get married and you stop working. Yeah. Well, it's like you know when we watch audition, and you know it's like watching like all of these girls like funnel in you know, to, it's like this dating game, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, it's, it, it's so different than like the culture here, you know, where it's like, you know, these women have to come in and present themselves and they're very, you know, proper and, you know, Classically this, that, and the other. Trained. yeah. And it's like, that would be so awkward, you know, to have yeah. just like a line of people come in and like <laughs> introduce themselves to you. Like, I don't know. It's just so weird. Well, we, we kind of have, this, a similar thing of like when 
women there get in the workforce to marry and then quit. Uh, there's a joke among nurses that um, that that nurse, if she has an RN or whatever, working in the hospital, you see her flirting with doctors, whatever, and then you're trying to figure out how they pass board. So you realize they're not <laughs> working on their they're not working on their RN. They're working on their MRS. It is a That's very is a very common yeah. uh -huh. joke and thing that you like you pick up. You can tell when you work on the floor with with people. You can tell exactly which ones are trying to gun for a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and I just I, I love these interesting like culture examinations because you know, we have a reputation as Americans that is not very savory. No. Um, well deserved and hustle yeah. culture is really killing me you know like our i mean people can't afford homes now you know i don't know my kids are like i'm never going to afford a home i'm like if you stay in indiana you will but anywhere else no um mm -hmm. you know because it's really affordable to live here but we've got hustle culture so people are working two three jobs just to try and make ends meet but mm -hmm. then it's like you know, these office flowers and, and, and not needing to have a career in Japan because you're just going to marry a guy who's going to work himself to death where they have nets so you can't kill yourself. And if you kill yourself in, in Japan, because one time I was, I was texting my brother um, while he was on the train, because you take the train everywhere in Tokyo, yep. and another person had jumped in front of the train and killed themselves and had to hose it off. And they find the families because there's so much suicide in the men because the men work themselves to death like crazy hours but then the women are just decorative and they take care of the home and it's like what the fuck i don't yeah. understand I remember, reading, I remember reading about uh, about 10 or 15 or 20 years ago it was a thing for people in japan to kill themselves using household chemicals uh to like poison gas their apartments and it became such a common thing like the, that they had police who know knew how to deal with like because they would seal up their apartments and then use, I don't know what you use to kill yourself, bleach and, 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 uh, ammonia and, uh, or something. And, and there's, there's like websites that told you how to do it. I remember thinking, wow, that's really, they were, the suicide, people were killing themselves with household chemicals in their apartments. And yeah, well, and now jumping out of buildings there. and running and jumping in front of trains, like that scene in hostel that happens all the time in Japan. Mm, yeah. yeah. And they the time. Actually, yeah. They, they have actually whole find the family and find, them. Yeah. They so it's like, and an you don't want to bring dishonor upon your family like that. So it's a, it's used as a deterrent because you don't want, you know, the, the worst thing, uh, the nightmare for the working man in Japan is to burden his family after his death, you know, with debt. And, um, you know, it's, it's just socially unacceptable. You know, honor yeah. is a thing there. Honor is something that went out the window in America if we ever had it. Yeah. Well, that's and that's the thing that's always fascinated no me about about Japanese cultures. You know, I read a lot about, you know, the historical side of uh, Japanese culture, like the samurai and uh, things like that. And, you know, the whole idea of like seppuku and, you know, you, you bring dishonor. So you are responsible for taking your own life, you know, and there's there's even certain rules that apply to that, like certain you know ethics that go into you know the seppuku that like the 47 ronin kind of situation yes. right yeah and you know you You're have to do to it scream right you right have to be you, silent. Have, you have to do it a certain way and you know it has to be perfect and yes. you know so then you start thinking about the, the perfect suicide like how do you 
I, there's no way I could I could disembowel myself without making well, it. Well, here in America, one of the most common causes because <laughs> we're so lax on gun control here. I wish we would do it more like Japan does. You know, they don't shoot themselves there. The only people that have guns in Japan are the Yakuza. Like regular yeah. people don't own guns. And if they do, they have to have a special license. They have to go to training and they have to be submitted to regular like checks by the government. Yeah. yeah. So like, why can't we do that? Because there's, you know, we wouldn't have these problems. Yeah. And, and I mean, the concept of tattoos as well. Um, tattoos yeah, are frowned upon. Yes. Um, you know, Dave, you, you go over to Japan and you want to go to the gym. Like you have to cover all your tattoos up. Right. Uh, and same, there's some that you're not allowed on. There's onsen you're not allowed in. No. Yeah. <laughs> that won't. I can't imagine me going on vacation and then going to the gym. We have this well, discussion yeah. a lot. Or the pool. <laughs> with the pool, too. We just got back from a cruise and we had this discussion. Not like, why? Like, I can't imagine going on a cruise and going, oh, man, I got to hit the gym. It's like, what? You're not on vacation. <laughs> if you're hitting the, you're hitting the buffet. Some people, people got to get those gains, I guess. Yeah. Well, these are the people who walk by Blitz, have two drinks in our hands, walk by the gym, and some, point and laugh. Somebody on the treadmill's like, you're Me not on vacation. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, like like, even even going to the pool, like you would have to cover your tattoos up because it's in Japanese culture because of the Yakuza tattoos are, you know, like a symbol of affiliation. And so if you have a tattoo, it they automatically think it means you're affiliated with, you know, some sort of nefarious gang. And and Yakuza tattoos are hand poked, which Mm -hmm. is awesome if you've ever seen it done. Yeah, the way that that it's done. I don't want Yakuza tattoos. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of how um, so teaching nursing, like if students had tattoos, I'm like, you've got to have this full cover. And there's a lot of jobs now that still make us cover any tattoos if they're visible. Because our older societies they were taught that if you had a tattoo, you were a bad person or you were in a gang or, you know, you were a thief, or, you know, you had jail time. Uh, you can clearly tell which ones are jail time tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, tattoos, <laughs> neck tattoos. Right. Yeah. But, you know, instead of it being recognized as art by those generations, it's recognized as, oh, you're a bad person. So mm-hmm. especially when I was teaching, I was like, look, I love to see the art. Old people do not. You got to have it covered up. <laughs> yeah, because they're yeah. going to find it very disrespectful. When I started getting piercings, I hated disappointing my grandfather, but he was like, candy. <laughs> like my sister, my sister has like 25 or something tattoos. I have. She tried to hide it from our grandparents every single time, but then she'd get tired and she'd be like, whatever. And then they'd be like, did you draw on yourself? And she'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Yep. (laughs) This is temporary. (laughs) Yeah. My dad still touches my tattoo and will like yank away and be like, is that real? I'm like, (laughs) okay with my sister's like 22 tattoos. I get one and you're like freaking out. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's real. It's not temporary. No, dad, I'm not going to scrub it off. (laughs) (laughs) Don't come off. It's a scar. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I just think this uh this culture stuff is is an interesting thing, and 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 going into this movie, I was expecting 
more in line with the typical Japanese culture that I know and that I've seen in other films. But this film sort of, it almost feels American in its views because, like I said, because of the women having the power, um, stealing the show. Um, you know, at first they're kind of like, oh, no, you can't handle the camera. Oh, no, you can't act in this. And, and then, you know, they fucking show up and they do the damn thing. And I really like that. And um, so that was unexpected for me. And I, I, it just, this movie just delights me at every turn. And so once you, you've seen it once and you go back and you watch it a second time and you're watching that first 37 minutes, you're thinking about all the shit that's going on and it kind of makes you giggle even then. Yeah, because you, now you're in on the joke. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. you know. Yeah, it kind of made me, the, the factory that they're in or wherever they're in um, as they're shooting that first 37 minutes, it reminded me of the fly. And I was expecting somebody to get squished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they what they say it was like an old water filtration plant. And then, you know, there was experimentation. Yeah. During World War II. The blood curse. Or the, the spell blood spell or whatever it was. When I was in elementary school, my hometown took us on a field trip to the water sanitation plant. <laughs> Fine. They still do it this day. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I think the, the coolest field trip we have a uh, an old. It's shut down now, but a uh, uh, mental hospital, Central State Candy. Oh I'm yeah, familiar. that's been out of commission for a and minute. Now it's it's now a museum, and yeah. so for my abnormal psychology Terribly class, haunted. we got to take a field trip, and um, they had like. Sp- brain splices they had like all of the bottles of like you know the the old timey bottles of like arsenic and cocaine and like you know all the things that they used to use Laudanum. they Jeez. took us took us down to the cold room where they used to put the bodies and it was just like and and the place like i've legitimately heard stories that it's haunted as fuck and i've always wanted to go oh, there wait. at night but your cousin stole a pair of I, shackles from there before they made it into the museum. And then she put it in a plastic bag and told me to hold it. I said, get that shit out of my fucking house. <laughs> you know, yeah. the curse. You, you know, yeah. I know how horror movies start. This is how horror movies start. Right, yeah. No, it's not yeah. going to be Richard Mall coming down some steps with it. Oh, Richard Mall. Uh, moment of silence. Yeah. Oh. Bull. We, we loved him in house. Yes. And it's a scary movie. Uh, sorry, yeah. mm. <laughs> did, this, did anybody else, when they got to the executives and, and were seeing like how the executives were trying to pull a string, did it bother anybody else that this woman's face looked taller <laughs> okay. than it was wide? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I said something about it and I felt really bad about it. I'm like, she's got a weird face. Right. You feel it, like you're being you're being racist in some way, but don't right. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't mean it face. like that. I'm just saying, like, sometimes people are weird looking. <laughs> weird looking. Like, I got a five head, but I, I also have a five beat. head. I think she's got me beat. So I I can't, I can't got, like go a seven head. haircut not working for because <laughs> that little bob. Yeah, she's it got was the Edna an Mode hair. We figured out she looks like Edna Mode. She's got the Edna yes, Mode. She does. Right. The Incredibles. We, and then, yeah. She's Edna Mode. We need the glasses. <laughs> no capes. 
But I thought like the guy produced it, and I'm like, oh my god, that looks like an alien. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that poor little baby at the beginning. Yes, but this baby was a little too old to be looking like an alien. The guy producer was kind of an asshole, but I thought he was a little hot. So I was. Yeah, he was. He was a good looking guy. That's so when, so when you when see him, you know, like freaking out during the whole production, but then at the end when they need to build that pyramid, he's in it and he's like struggling. I'm like, yay, go you. Yeah. Go yeah, thanks for stepping <laughs> up, dude. That, uh, that's such a great scene when the when when Edna Mode and hot Japanese guy are pitching the 30 minutes, you know, the, the one take, one camera, and the look on the director's face is like, because I think Nico can probably will probably be able to relate to this by the time <laughs> it's all said and done with his film that you have to be like. Oh, that's great! You yeah. know, you have to pretend like it's a great idea. Yeah. Probably yeah. fucking your film up. I like how they, you know, because it's Erica's uh, screen name. But like, how did you describe yourself? Cheap, fast, and average. Well, <laughs> you can be cheap, fast, and average with this, right? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> cheap, fast, and average. That was my dating so profile. <laughs> but you, know, you get to feel like a stinker. You get the feeling that that's how his daughter feels about him. She wants to be a serious director. Yeah, she was right. talking about the fake tears and stuff, right? Yeah, and and but then at the end, you know, you have that like father daughter moment, you know, because of the picture he had taped in his script of you know because he was crying over pictures of her because she's getting ready to move out and go out on her own and he's worried about her and and all that and um you know that picture they had taped in there was you know him with her on his shoulders and the camera and i was like okay well, that's, yeah. a, that's the thing about that ending is it, it wraps it up and you and you realize that you didn't realize that's the movie you were watching right it was, really, right. It, it was a father and daughter you know because any any father who's ever had a daughter knows that feeling no oh, yeah and it, you and it's, it's you so you suddenly realize the movie you were watching and it's just like wow that that what that was a good you know switcheroo like a like a magician's trick that really caught you off guard like wow that was i didn't see that coming yeah, yeah the way that that joe bob described it was a deep fake within a deep fake within a deep fake yes yeah, yeah. And, and yeah that's it i i started welling up a little bit at the end there i, the, I always the, do a little girl with her yeah the uh good yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah any, any movie that surprises me is okay in my book mm-hmm <laughs> got that right yeah so i don't know i've run out of steam because i all i just keep praising how wonderful this movie right. is i don't know what to say like, it's, really, like it's really good it is really good and the first 37 minutes are actually done in one take which also yeah the technical it, aspect of that yeah i mean it took them i i mean I think it's, it said that they, they nailed it on the second try. But there was a problem with the camera. But there was a problem with the camera, so they had to go back and do it again. But um, it took now, like eight tries. Something, something I read. Now, we, talk, you know, we talked about the budget for this um, being super low and the profit for this being astronomically high compared to the budget. But the fact that the actors actually paid to be in this – because this this was a yeah. student film mm-hmm. it was through their their the film school and, and and so these students like paid the school and then this was like their what final project was to 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 do this film and so they technically paid for the production of this film by enrolling in this school um which is actually really awesome so nico mm-hmm. 
you need to start charging people to be in your films. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was watching a um, like a midnight movies documentary uh, earlier this week, and George Romero was talking about how the actors put up six hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, um, yeah. so that's how they got the Night of the Living Dead off the ground. Yeah, that's a good yeah. that's a good parallel. Yeah. Yes. And see, and yeah, that's and that's a. That's a testament and come sleep in a field for a month. Right. Yeah. And that's a testament to, you know, you look at at a George Romero or a Sam Raimi. And when you're making a film with a whole bunch of your friends, you know, a whole bunch of people that you're close with, that they believe in you, you believe in each other and they're willing to invest in that. Like they all are on board. They all want to be a part of this. So they all decide, Hey, you know, let's each throw in this amount of money and try to get this thing done. And they and they do it and they and they pull through and they make movie history because those are all fucking amazing movies. Yeah, and, they, and, all, and, this and, why, and this is why these directors, Carpenter and Romero and, and Raven, yeah, they they use the Dead, same people. This is why they have the same people in a lot of their films, because he's a. This I is love when somebody has a stable there. of actors that they work with. Mike Flanagan is my current fave yeah. who has oh. the same stable of actors. It's amazing. I did not know he was married to Kate Siegel. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, I, when I found out, I was like, shut the fuck up. What? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Flanagan's like the dude, man. He's like it for me right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, been he's it for me for it. a hot minute, but he always uses the same actors. And I love that because he gives me that familial sense, like, you know, with Romero, with Carpenter, you know, all the greats with, with Sam Raimi, you know, like they they put their friends in there like, yeah, this is successful and you're coming with me. I love you and you help me make this happen. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, really Carpenter is. has a new series on Peacock about um, yeah. crimes in, the, in subdivisions. Yeah. Oh, I'll have yeah. to check that out. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you yeah, didn't know about really that. Crazy. I didn't say anything because I thought you knew. No, I, I didn't. But yeah, if you guys were talking about Mike Flanagan, if you guys haven't watched Fall of the House of Usher, oh, so good, it's oh, so good. Definitely I remember worth reading. It. I remember reading that when I was a little kid. I'm excited to watch. It was my I mom's mean, favorite. It, post it may have story. been. It might have been like a a record, like uh, audio play of. I mean, just remember it scaring the absolute piss out of me. <laughs> it was that my was mom's my favorite post story. So she had that was one of my first. earliest experiences to uh, exposures to horror was Fall of the House of Usher. Just. The, the, just the image of her coming up the stairs at the end just terrified me as a kid. Yeah. When I was yeah. um, when I was a kid in grade school, I don't know if you had to do this because you were a year behind me. We went to that gifted school, um, but we had to memorize the entire uh, the Raven. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah, I remember. You remember that because I can still yeah. fucking like say it. I can still do it. I can't. But, um, <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, it's amazing. And it's no, modernized, yeah, but it's list, still yeah. faithful to the source material. When I go visit mom, I say, don't fucking watch it yet. Cause I got her into my plan again. I'm like, wait till I'm there. Cause I'm going to watch that shit again. No. Mm. Cause Crowley, I could look at him all fucking day. You and me both. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's well, interesting well, how they do it because they, they, they modernize it. So it's, it's like yeah. a modern modernized. It's almost like if you're familiar succession. with what succession is, it's almost like, 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 the ushers are like the family in succession, like this super rich pharmaceutical, you know, billionaire. And it just, 
and their but entire downfall. All the great stuff like Mask of the Red Death, like each episode oh, is, man, is a post story. Yeah, they've that one was fucked up. There. They've got um, Cask of Amontillado is in there. Um, Pit and the Pendulum. Pit and Pendulum, like all the good shit. I love yeah. the cast. I remember reading that when I was in school. The cast, the cast, the black of cat. Which Ash just yeah. read, and I'm like, "Oh, you should watch the Fall House of Usher." He's like, "Oh, really? Huh?" I'm like, "Yeah, you should." Yeah, and and just like I'll I'll just give you a heads up, just like all other Mike Flanagan, keep your eyes in the background. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah, I remember you're gonna have to watch start that this weekend. Yes, when we are. when we went we back and it. when we went back and watched uh, Haunting of Hill House. The second time we focused more on the background so that we could find all of the faces. Remember that candy the in, the, in the background? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause they're hidden throughout and you'll see like random things. Like there'll be statues that turn like in, in the corner in the background and you don't, if you're not paying attention, you don't see it. Yeah. The first time just, I wasn't even looking, I was just kind of like paying attention to the story because he's really good at like, having pathos and all these emotions and good scares. So yeah. Mike, Mike Flanagan is like my dude right now. Yeah. Well, he has been for a couple of years. So no. anyway, so um, any more to say about this movie before we start going into both good and bad reviews we found online? Let's do it. All right. So I reached out only on twitter x or whatever um and i got only three things but they're fucking great um because i try to combat i usually what i get back from people on um social media is pretty positive um cinema recall um friends of the show um they're their own podcast they said it's a masterpiece the best zombie comedy of all time those are strong words mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Um, I'll I'll save what I have to think about that in, uh, until my review. Now I'm slowly pulling this up. I apologize. Okay, and then uh, I got a couple. Um, one is from Boomer, who I know is obsessed with the film. Yeah, from podcast in the woods, um, fellow podcast in our network. He said it's one of the fun the funniest, most well done pieces of satire I've ever seen. You basically get three films in one, and it's all amazing. Plus, it has plenty of action. (laughs) And then we also got from um, Terror Card says, A clinic on filmmaking meta. It is so deep and thought out. The effort to pull off three levels is incredible. Yeah. And Mm. that's what I got for you. Yeah. And I can't disagree with any of those. I can't either. <clears throat> well, I was, I was, yeah, I guess we're going to do it. Um, candy. Um, do, 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 do. <laughs> I don't know. Palm. I didn't have anything on hand. Palm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> So 
This is an absolute first for uh, shitty reviews with our Rotten Tomato score. One Cut of the Dead got 100% by the critics. That's and awesome. Round the, of applause. And the audience gave it 87%. Man. Um, so digging through these reviews was kind of rough because, you know, I, I try to stay away from the serious shitty reviews. And there were a lot, I mean, a lot of serious shitty reviews because everybody like takes this, like, like their grad school, their their film student dropouts and ah. and it's just you know their antipathy for this film is like beyond measure so i sorted out some of the funnier ones um so bear with me some of some of them are kind of like paragraphs but we'll get through them um our first one is um i can't even pronounce this name it's a bunch of consonants um he gives it a half star. He says, being aware isn't the same thing as being clever. A horror comedy that is neither scary or funny. I guess grad school film dropouts and people who work on low budget indie films set la Let me start over. Because <laughs> it's he, he uses a bunch of awkwardly spaced words here. Um, all right. Being aware isn't the same as being clever. A horror comedy that is neither scary or funny. I guess grad school film dropouts and people who work on low budget indie film sets love it because it's hashtag relatable. But for everyone else, it's a big stinky turd screaming and yelling about how smelly, brown, and turd like it is. Well, that's just stupid. Yeah. That is stupid. That is stu- really stupid. Like that. <laughs> Um, our, ne- our next one is uh, Roz the Great. He says, unwatchable, an unwatchable making of an unwatchable movie. If it didn't have a 4.0 on Letterboxd, I would think it had a half star rating. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and guess it's supposed to be like a self aggrandizing view on how hard it is to make projects and the hard work it takes to make those projects. But making an unwatchable project hurts that idea. If I make a cake and it's a shitty cake, it's a shitty cake. No matter how many hours of hard work I put into it. Yawn. Yawn. I'll eat a shitty cake. Um, Pre gives it half stars, says, if you want to see a low-budget movie with the same boring scenes from different perspectives, this is for you. I know this is about the art of filmmaking, but we discovered it's also about the art of anesthesia. Wow, these people are so joyless. I know, I know. Um, (laughs) They need some Marie Kondo in their lives. (laughs) (laughs) D gives it half star, says the one take stuff is impressive, but man, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. <laughs> I do like that expression, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael Montag, one star. One cut is further evidence it's the end of the world. I can't wait for Jesus to descend from the heavens and not rapture this film. Some of the worst <laughs> meta wankery I've ever seen. In a way, oh. the, in- the end is even more egregious than the first act since it presupposes I would actually care to see how this dreck was made. Ultimately a celebration of incompetence. 
Well, that's uh, a lot of 50 cent words for but, saying nothing. But it is a celebration of incompetence. It Not is. incompetence, but, yeah. but, but scrappiness, you know. It, it, it is. It, it, that, he's just defeating his own argument. Fuck you. That yeah. person believes in white Jesus. How cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they you could tell they're using all those 50 cent words to sound like they're smart and important. Yeah. They just sound like a fucking pompous ass. Like I could use big words too. And you know what? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh Zeal, one star. Watching this is likely how it feels to edge in reverse. <laughs> What? Is this Benjamin Button and we didn't know? So was edging in reverse just wanking it really fast? <laughs> oh my I God. don't even. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Uh, I've never done math. And I, I saved the best. This is my favorite. I saved the best for last. Um, baby Bubble Bath. That's his name. <laughs> Sorry. He's, he says, are you kidding me? Why don't I just buy a spider and let it lay eggs in my mouth? Ew. <laughs> Ew. Well, at least that's funny. That's, but odd. It's funny, but it's fucking weird. Man. Yeah, yeah. Weird. you do that. You do that, yeah. Bobby. Bubble bath. Ew. Ew. And why would you pick that as your screen name? I've got concerns. What? No. They're a King of the Hill fan. Yeah. I, whenever you read these reviews, I hear them in the voice of the comic store guy from the simpsons <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that it's very egregious mm-hmm. yeah that guy can get off his fucking high horse and suck my dick <laughs> yeah like dave crystal you you guys weren't in front of the camera so i don't know if you could hear me but when i was looking for these reviews oh my god like some of the shit i had to sift through it's just like pompous just uh, that wasn't pompous. You're doing no, the those were, but but I'm telling you, the ones that I I didn't read, take the cake. Like mm-hmm. it just it was embarrassing to read that's, some of them. That's sad. That's really sad. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. If you get joyless, together, joyless people. If, if you if you watch this movie and at the end you're not a little emotional with the picture of the little girl on her dad's shoulders with the camera, you have no soul, and you should just you know go away. Wait a minute. A hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I, they make me sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sad world sometimes, these people. I'm just like, do you get happy about anything? Do you have any fun? <laughs> All right. So my score should come as zero surprise to anybody. I couldn't give this less than a 10 out of 10. It's it, 10 out of 10 slaps to a stuck up actor. Um <laughs> Because I really love the moment when he slapped the shit out of him. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it just there's a lot of feel good moments in this movie. This is a movie that when you put on, you just fucking feel good. It's it's fun. It's it has joy and it's it's you're rooting kind of for everyone. And and that's hard to do in a horror comedy because there's always some, you know, complete asshole, which, you know, is our. Our, our actor co but like in the end he's in the pyramid he's helping you know like everybody gets a redemption and it's and every gag that's supposed to be funny is hilarious and and um you know just just going through these three different stages of how this came about and they did him perfectly in the perfect order for it mm-hmm. to hit just right it is so hard to find a movie 
of this vein that does it this well. And it's a student film. Like, of course I had to give this a perfect score. It's a goddamn student film and it does it better than big budget Hollywood. It just, you know, you can't, you can't do much better than this. And, you know, one of the reviews I read said it's the best zombie comedy of all time. I got, I kind of agree with that. No, you know, as much as I love Shaun of the Dead and it is really, really fucking good. It doesn't make me, <laughs> feel as good as this movie makes me feel this movie makes me feel just like renewed like with hope and i just feel good it's, it, it it makes it a good day um and and that's you know sometimes what we want out of a movie sometimes i want to be scared sometimes i want to feel uncomfortable but this movie just does everything right and you know i hope that all of them are finding success i mean i don't know but i hope that They've gone on to do more because this was, they knocked it out of the park. Um, they made so much money off of this. And yeah, like, you know, sometimes we got to take the money from big Hollywood and these big producers and these big companies and give it to people with an original vision like this and let them fucking knock it out of the park. I mean, there's not really much more I can add to that. You know, um, there were some scene stealers, but they still didn't steal the entire movie. You, you were still invested in all of them. And at the end, even the ones that you couldn't stand, you're like, oh, I guess I do kind of like them. I understand what they were going for. Yeah, I get it. You know, it was brilliantly written, brilliantly acted, brilliantly put together. It was a smart concept. So 10 out of 10 slaps to a stuck up actor. <laughs> yeah, and I, I got to agree. I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 um, drunk zombie actors. <laughs> it just everything about this was enjoyable. Um, and it's one of those films where it's like the first time I watched it, that first 30 minutes didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And it just flipped the script literally um, on everything that I felt about it. And the the more that the, the film went on, the more I enjoyed it. it. The The further I got in the film, it made me enjoy the first half of it even more. Um, and it just, it had some genuinely funny mo moments, genuinely heartwarming moments. And, you know, I'm like, Dave, like at the end, you know, you see that picture and then it, you kind of get that, that ending shot on his face and he's smiling and, you know, he's not a perfect looking dude. He's not, he doesn't have a perfect looking, you know, set of teeth. You know what I'm saying? But he's real it's, and it's genuine and it's a genuine smile and he's genuinely happy and it's like, it feels good. And it's like, at the end of the day, you had all of these bumbling goofballs who <laughs> were able to to pull this off. They did this, you know, 37 minute live one cut, sh you know, film and they went through hell to do it, but they had each other's backs and they were there for each other. And, you know, this, it, the movie turned out to be fantastic. And I've, I've loved every single moment uh, that we've watched it. Um, and it's like Candy said, it's a testament to filmmaking. And, you know, I think anybody who has the drive or the desire to, to make a film or produce a film or act in a film uh, can use films like this and Night of the Living Dead and Evil Dead and, you know, look at those for inspiration, you know, and guidance on to go, you know, the motivation to get out there and get the damn thing done. So 10 out of 10 drunk zombie actors. And a quick moment, I forgot to say something. Um, in deference to Nico, who couldn't be with us tonight, hmm. um, 
I, and he won't mind me telling the story, I'm sure, because we're really, really close. But Nico at one point was going to sell his script, which we've all read. And it's really good. And I saw the potential in it. And I, I said, Nico, don't fucking do it. You can do this. You can do this. I know you can do this. And you made me producer on the film. And, you know, and it's just like, I'm really proud of him. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I remember we had these conversations where, you know, at one point he he's like, I, I'm too old. But, uh, no, you're not and too I, old. No. You can fucking do this. Too old. You know? like 35. <laughs> no, you know, you can do this. You just you just got to, you know, get get to it. You just got to fucking do it. You know, I think about all the time I've had men in my life that said, you just got to fucking do it. You know, and you, you do. It's true. You just you just have to fucking do it. And you got to surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up. You know, mm-hmm. he's my best friend. And it's like, dude, no, you got this. You got to trust me. You got yeah. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Stop I'm whining. Really <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Okay. Uh, who wants to go next? All right. Good okay. night, folks. Yeah, everybody. Uh, oh, I'm, uh, I'm uh, gonna go ahead and give this nine out of ten. Ika's love beam straight to my heart. <laughs> um, I guess I've said it twice before, but I wasn't expecting the feels at the end, and I got them. And I'll take that any day of the week. You know, uh, a, a movie I was expecting to be sort of a dumb, low-budget zombie movie, which is mm-hmm. what it is at its core, because that's what they're making. But uh, it, it becomes this sort of uh, underdog story. You're rooting for them. And then at the end with the human pyramid that they keep trying. I love that he keeps stalling the shot between her and, and <laughs> Co. because the, the one shit keeps rolling off the human pyramid <laughs> and they finally get it, you know, and then it's just, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't expecting that. And mm-hmm. so I love that because most movies you go into, you know what you're getting and you're not surprised. I like being surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. a pleasant one. And then also, the, the, like uh, Erica was saying with her friend laughing, this is a, once you realize what's going on, it is a laugh out loud comedy, it, especially in the, in the third part, when you're seeing it all fill and you know what's going on now, you know why the one guy's, you know, it, it, the whole thing. It's just, there's many laugh out loud moments that you weren't expecting. There's really yeah. not even a harm. This isn't really a horror movie at all. It's a comedy. It's a, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a comedy yeah. about, about, film, about filmmaking. Yes. I loved it. Good. You finished? Hold on. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give it nine out of 10 Captain Stag's free plug. Um, <laughs> that, that's because, not at all what it sounds like. No. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Stag was there. Although I am intrigued. <laughs> that, means, that movie needs to be made. Um, I Did anybody else notice on their one cut of the dead shirts it said zombie channel? Because yep. now I'm just interested in, does Japan have a strictly zombie channel? And what can mm-hmm. I watch on this channel? Because uh, now I want to. Um, and zombies all the time. Yes. Yes. Do they have zombie pro wrestling? Because I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I am in. Um, I think this movie has such great appeal to a lot of audiences. Because you don't know what you're in for for the first third of it. But then Mm -hmm. after that, it makes you feel 
like you're part of it um, and you're there in the trenches with everybody. Um, it, it's kind of like you have an additional camera and it's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of charm. Um, I, I really like this movie. I like it the first time Dave showed it to me the other night when we watched it again. And Dave was like, I don't think I've ever made it past the first part. And I'm like, we did. We watched it together. And he's like, we did. And I'm like, yes, we did. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I love this. I love the ending. Uh, the one chick consistently falling off of the bottom of the pyramid. <laughs> Ma'am, <laughs> you are on a mattress. That's all you're on. How, how are you? Con- clearly never a cheerleader. Right. How are you continuously <laughs> just falling off? You're just on all fours and roll off. Fours, roll off. Like, ma'am, come yeah. on. You're giving us all a bad name. Um, <laughs> for me, it's nine out of ten Captain Stag free plugs. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Erica, you're up. This is my turn. Okay. Uh, I was still I'm trying to think of like kind of my um, units of rating since um, Drunken Zombies was already taken. Um, yeah. Um, 10 out of 10, uh, zombies with diarrhea. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this was just so much uh, fun. I just feel like, uh, you know, like the reveal of the behind the scenes stuff that was going wrong and how they had to fix it was just pure joy to watch and just so funny. And it, it was fun watching my friend's reaction too, because during that, that first part, he's like, do they, they explain why they react to, you know, something, you know, off camera? Like, what is that? Did someone miss their cue? It's like, you'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. It's like, I'm not going to explain it, but all of this gets, yeah, they, yeah. they tie all of that together. But yeah, it's just such a fun, uh, like creative movie. And I, I think pr- really flawless, um, like what you, what you think are flaws just are like setups for these brilliant jokes later on. So, um, yeah, I, I really have nothing uh, negative to say about it. I am kind of dreading what I've heard about there being an American remake because American <laughs> yeah, remake, I was yeah. like, just, yeah, they always, always that up. mess stuff up. Um, I did see a French language trailer that looks pretty much just like a shot for shot remake. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see the point in remaking Right. I think Especially it's, like, when it's a bottle, like why would you want to try and remake it? Because we already know the concept. Exactly. Yeah. It's like maybe just for people who are really against watching or reading foreign subtitles, but it's like, well, I just don't relate to that mentality. But I'm I'm so glad I saw this movie on Shudder and that it exists. And I really hope I can get like a like a DVD or Blu-ray copy I of it. DVD at some point. rather cheaply. Actually. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into where I yeah, can check find it. on that. Amazon. And if not, I'll keep my eyes peeled yeah, at my, my YouTube spots. Amazon did not have any kind of DVD or Blu-ray listing, but apparently there's like a Prime. Uh, you know, maybe you can rent or buy it on their um, Prime video platform. Yeah. Well, I'll check my used places that I hit up like once a week and I'll see if I can buy another copy. Because I paid oh. like peanuts, like $3 wow. for it. Oh wow, that's awesome! Let me, let me see. I need to 
get Mr. Clovis out to say hi to everyone. Uh, like, I, can imagine, I can imagine a DVD extra on this one, like a behind the scenes making of, of a making of. A, it's like, you know, <laughs> the, it, it would wind up opening up like a wormhole to another dimension. It's so many, <laughs> yeah. it's like turtles all the way down forever. And that's it. Yeah, I just, I love, I love meta stuff anyway. And this was just one of the, like a very smart, clever type of meta, yeah, you know. Correct. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the right amount of goofiness and heart <laughs> and comedy. It was it was perfect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we rated this one really high, and I'm so glad because I was afraid. Like I was like, I don't know if I could take any naysaying because it's so good. <laughs> but I'm telling so you, good. I feel so I feel so bad because the first time I watched this in the first 30 minutes, I was like, ugh. I feel well, a I feel, lot of people did that, but I mm-hmm. guess that was the, that's why it's so good is because it does that well. It, it, if I already if I knew what the joke was going in, it wouldn't have been as great. You right. Know? Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that I'm stupid. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I Sean, Sean felt the same way. And I was and, and I, the John first time I watched stupid? it, I was like, what's happening right now? And then I just kind of stuck in there and then I was like, oh, there's, there's oh, OK. Yeah, I get it, but it, it yeah, I was I I was so excited when Joe Bob showed it on the last drive, and I'm like, oh, good, I want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's fun, and and Shutter got the exclusive rights to it, so it's been streaming on Shutter forever for years. Shutter so is still currently all, on all there. The of all the streaming services that we subscribe to, like. I think guys we subscribe to all of them i don't even want to know my monthly fucking subscription bill yeah, no. is the one doing math it, it would boggle my mind if anybody from shutter listening you should sponsor us because shutter is the the well worth whatever it is we pay a month like four bucks a month shutter for is not yeah. very yeah, you have Amazon Prime. it's really not mm-hmm. yeah it, it is amazing so it pays off it pays off in so many ways. I got yeah. it exclusively when I heard Joe Bob was coming back, and I have been delighted with it. I, I probably watch Shudder more than anything. Yeah. 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 I mean, all the, the Jalo films that they have on oh, there. Yeah. And Me some and of the hard to find films. And I love that that documentary that's on there that all the colors of Jalo. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Anyway, yeah, Shudder's the shit. But speaking mm-hmm. of plugs, um, we have some. Um, I got to call up Paul Bear Press. I I do have a, a recorded uh, com- um, commercial. Commercial. <laughs> I couldn't find words. I do have yeah. a, a commercial that I, that does play before episodes uh most of the time now, but still, um, if you go to paulbearpress.com, um, we're sort of sponsored by them. Um, you can save ten percent. If there's no other sales going on, um, by using House Scream 10 at checkout, you'll get 10% off uh, apparel, tapestries, things like that. Um, it's just, they have the best shit, like the most amazing art. Um, their artist, Christian, is the shit. Yeah. Um, he is such really a delight. Cool Every time I see him, he's so they're wonderful. Yeah, they're it's run by two guys, Chuck and and Christian, and they're yeah. really cool guys. And they're usually at all the horror cons, uh, yeah, at least all like, the Let major me know ones. when you're going to be at a horror con because I want to say hi. And, yeah, you know. <laughs> and you can go and check them, check them out, hang out with them. I mean, they've got like everything from like 
New York Ripper to Zombie to Return of the Living Dead, and Exorcist. Gates I mean, uh, Gates of Hell, yeah. Gates of Hell shit. They've got a bunch of cool, like, Suspiria shit, a bunch of yeah. cool, like, shorts. And they just have, like, awesome yep. shit. Uh, sure. Yes, this yeah. Night of Living Dead shirt I got for Dave. Yeah. yeah. Hell, we got the. Did when you they, use your they, discount? We did. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when we saw them at. Um, the latest horror con we had here, we got um, the freshly released Disco Boy, um, Tom Savini from uh, Maniac uh, figure, and then immediately took it right to Tom Savini and had him sign it. And he got the biggest grin when he saw that fucking thing. Yeah. And they had a picture of Tom Savini holding it. They were like, yeah. look, Tom loves it. And I was like, I'm about to go talk to Tom. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was not cheap, but it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of my favorite prized possessions in my collection. Yeah. So, yeah, they have cool shit. Um, also, um, I'm just going to do plugs for Nico. Uh, Sticks and Stones movie. That's on Facebook, threads, uh, Instagram. Um, he's got a lot going on. Um, and some really exciting stuff is coming uh, for general release. And we are going to need your, you know, your help everyone out there listening because we have to get the effects budget a lot of other stuff has fallen in line and we fell into a gold mine of some other of some equipment and things like that but we are we will need to raise the effects budget so that will be up um hopefully by the time you hear this um because yeah. we're usually running a little behind um so yeah nico nice el jefe del horror the boss the boss <laughs> yeah so missing him tonight. Um, I'll let Erica do Final Girl Cosmetics, but I will add an addendum that's previous somehow. Um, a previous addendum. Um, I have a box for you of samples of all the things because I want you to try them first so I know exactly um, what you think is going to be the best But uh, for our body care because... I had to try 8 million formulas. It was too thick. It was too thin. It was too this. It was too that. But I think I've got it nailed. And that's been a lot of cooking in my kitchen. But I, I really <laughs> I really have some shit for you to check out. And hopefully we'll have that on the site soon. Um, what am I missing? Um, Twitter. Yeah. Check us out. Um, all right, we have a link tree. It's link tree slash candy final girl. You're going to see all of our links. We are on Facebook. We are on X or Twitter. Um, we are on threads. Uh, we have a TikTok that I don't post to anymore because I'm a stalker. So sorry about that. <laughs> um, it was my ex and I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, it was not good. It was unpleasant, but maybe I'll start posting there again because he's blocked. Um, please don't be creepy to me online because all, all of our social media is me. Just please be nice. Um, but yeah, Instagram is candy, the final girl on X. We are at house underscore screams. Um, we are on all podcast platforms. Um, yeah, you found us, find us again. And, um, I hope you enjoy the show. (laughs) And I'm Sean of the dead. You can find me here. All right. (laughs) I wish mine were that simple. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty basic. Okay. Uh, Erica. Uh, find me on Instagram at my horrific life where I rarely update anything or post new content. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, please also check out finalgirlcosmetics.makeup. Um, and uh, yes, we, we do plan on adding uh, new things in the near future once we test a few products and get some new shipments in and then 
my case also order labels for one of the new eyeshadow palettes that I've uh, found, I don't know, a while back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot going on. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, okay. I too I too have been testing some of the uh, soaps and body washes that she's made you're, and you're not testing the eyeshadows and no i haven't tested the eyeshadow lately maybe this maybe this weekend candy can get my makeup did <laughs> oh man the things that i would do to that face with <laughs> that kind of starting dirt. with the brows we gotta yeah. work on the brows yeah um Dave and Crystal. Um, you should listen to the House That Screams because we fucking rock. We do. <laughs> it's true. And uh, and uh, I'll let you plug your show. Oh, thank you, baby. Um, you can find me on Scare My Best Friend to Death. Um, we're closing out the year. I'm really going in on my best friend. We've got uh, the Babadook, the Strangers, and the Menu coming up. Oh, nice. That'll be and fun. And the only thing I think she's going to like is the menu. Uh, <laughs> I loved the menu. I thought the menu was. Yeah, it was, it's, it's it was great. funny. I do not think she's going to make it through the other two. Period. <laughs> uh, I really think I got. She loved the witch that just came out for us. Um, I don't think she's going to like the rest. That's just predicting. I think she's going to like the menu. That's it. Um, we hear only not the Babadook. Yeah, now I don't think she's gonna like the Babadook because uh, <laughs> she's got nieces and nephews around that age. Uh, and spoiler alert, her nephew kind of acts like that. So, oh. why so, are yeah, you normal? I <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's That's gonna me. like that one too much. <laughs> <laughs> and the strangers, it's funny. I watched it with her for the first time ever, so I know she's seen it before, but I don't think I think she blocked it from her memory. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, home invasion movies unnerve me yeah i had said i was not going back to revisit that one but then i was like you know what it's christmas time and i don't want to do home alone this is close (laughs) (laughs) in a weird sense i guess in the same vein i mean it's you know it's there um but we are only on instagram right now at scare my bff we're also on uh we have our website scaremybff.com which links to our buy me a coffee um, but we're on all podcast platforms. Sweet. Yeah, I'm excited. That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been super fun and I missed you all. And I'm sorry that I got like the fucking blue or whatever the fuck I had, the creeping grud. I don't know. <laughs> I sound like that's what my grandma used to call it, the creeping grud. Um, occasionally a Hoosierism comes out of me. Um, yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, I missed you all, and and this was really really fun, and it was a delightful conversation about a delightful movie. Very mm-hmm. delightful. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have to tell you, we just came back from the SS Neverender, and I took the Scream Queen palette with mm-hmm. me and got so many compliments. So I was telling everybody uh, where <laughs> the final cosmetics from. Awesome. Thank you so much. Welcome. It's one of the only brands that does not make my eyes swell shut. <laughs> we were That's careful good. taking our our products. It is good. Most everything makes it swell shut. There are very few things I can wear. 
And see, that's why I'm being so careful about the body care products because I also want them to be non-irritating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you don't test on animals. I do not me. test on humans. <laughs> I, yeah, we test on humans. <laughs> a filthy animal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you guys. I hope you all have a good night. And thanks for being here tonight. Yeah, love you guys. You. Take care. Bye. 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 Love you guys. Love you. <laughs>